Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What up, Fightful friends and fam, and welcome to another episode of Fightful Wrestling Roundtable on this Tuesday, August 23rd. Shaq is back, but he's really a bit player in all this. We got another stacked lineup of panelists to break down all the exciting things, and man, they really are exciting these days in the pro wrestling world. First, he suited up for one of his 1,400 podcast appearances, recordings, streams today. John Alba, how's it going, my man? What's up, man? Glad we could finally make this work. It's been uh, several months in the making, but I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, not the only one working more in tonight. Samira, making a time for us today. How's it going, Samira? I'm doing good. Just came from work, and now I'm ready to talk all things wrestling. Uh, where's the Charmander? I brought mine out, snuck him behind here, and I'm alone. <laughs> there we go. Brand new Charmander. <laughs> Gotta get. Oh, why is mine so far away? Uh, probably I'm somewhere close. For hey, winning. Most importantly, <laughs> I may have I may have the head of hair in this equation, but I cannot, for the life of me, grow the beard. And honestly, Ryan, I think I'd be willing willing to make that trade in a heartbeat. Bust it open, Sirius XM, Fight Nation's own Ryan McKinnell. How's it going, man? Bro, we, we can make the trade. The only reason I have this is because I don't have this. It's called overcompensation. So if you or John or hell, Samira, if you want to make the trade, although I that that might be a whole different vibe, I am down to do the trade. No, it's uh, I'm pumped, man. I, I'm pumped because, first of all, it's great to be joined by all of you and be able to chop it up from various different angles. But, I mean, we're also coming here, what, not even 24 hours uh, after the return of Johnny Wrestling on Monday Night Raw. So it's a very exciting time in the business making my segues easy Ow. ryan so i can't help it that is exactly where we are going to start i know ryan was ryan sent me a message on like sundays like hey where's the where's the lineup for today i'm like i'll send you something but especially in this <laughs> triple h era who knows what it's going to look like come tuesday and so that's where we will start guys johnny gargano it was expected i feel like a lot of these surprise returns these days aren't that much of a surprise but it was exciting to see nonetheless. We didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. Johnny Gargano really, uh, came to terms with his departure from WWE December 2021. Kind of played it slow. Looked at the field. And uh, I think it came together in the most poetic way under Triple H's creative leadership. Johnny Wrestling is back. We saw him uh, reunite, in a sense, with his old uh, family member, his old relative there, Theory. And in turn, what we saw, shout out to Brandon Thurston, 2.0, 2 million marks on viewership for Monday Night Raw. And as he mentioned, first, only promotion year over year from last year to this year to go up in viewership among total viewership and 18 to 49 demo. Now, we've seen these sort of spikes with AEW on its onset, uh, WWE now under new creative and executive leadership. I want to start here. How confident are you guys that this upward trajectory isn't only a temporary boost, but is maybe a sign of longer term stability and regrowth for WWE? We can start with John on that one. 
I think it's apparent that there's a ton of early interest in this that should sustain itself at least through the dog days of summer here, I would imagine, because what WWE programming has shown us in the past three weeks has been that you can expect the unexpected. And that's one of the traits about pro wrestling that I think attracts so many fans when you don't know what's genuinely going to happen. I don't think anybody knew Johnny Gargano was going to be returning on Monday Night Raw. Even the crowd, when Rebel Hard hit, they didn't even react in a way where it was a gigantic mega pop. It was, wait, is this what I think it is? That's a really, really great thing to have in your back pocket when you have fans thinking like that. I think trust is earned in just about every avenue of business. And WWE... And life. Right? And, and life, right? WWE has to continue to earn goodwill. That was something that AEW had the benefit of for so long that there was so much goodwill from the fans because they knew that Tony Khan was thinking like a wrestling fan and, and that would pay off or that would at least give them the ideology of, okay, let's let it simmer for a little bit because I know in the end I'm going to get what favors and what services the fans. So look, they, they deserve the benefit of the doubt for the next few weeks and the next couple of months. I do think that there will be sustained interest, but you have to prove it on a week-to-week basis. Well, and you made a really great point there, which is um, we – excuse me there, sorry. Uh, the What I love about it is like you – you know, I opened it up by saying that the surprise return wasn't all that surprising, but what you pointed out, I think rightfully there, is Triple H isn't – I know a lot has happened in a few weeks, but – I feel like with the AEW debuts a lot of the time, we know exactly where, we know exactly when. We thought Karrion Cross was coming back to WWE. We didn't expect it so soon. Sasha Banks, Naomi, they're coming back as far as fans are aware, but we don't exactly know when it's going to be. We thought maybe it would be at the gauntlet match to challenge Liv Morgan for the women's title, or maybe... They'd be entered into this tournament, but thus far, Triple H has played his cards very close, and these returns are happening as expected, but we don't know when, and I think that's a great sort of middle ground between expectations and mystery. Samira? Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I like not knowing when it's going to happen. Like, like we were saying, nobody really knew Johnny Gargano was going to come back last night, and I know I was excited because, like, Nobody knew, like you, you knew, but you just didn't know. And that's what makes it so exciting. And I think they're on a great trend right now. And like, you know, their numbers are going up because a lot of stuff is changing. Like for all these wrestling companies, this summer was a big change for a lot of things. And I don't know, I feel like WWE is on a right track. I feel like maybe the creative team is like kind of seeing what the fans want, listening and going with their gut and changing what they want to do. And it's, it's benefiting them and we can only see what happens from here. I know like I was at the Gargano panel when he was talking and, you know, they asked him at the end, like, you know, what is next for you? And I had a feeling he was going to go back to WWE, but like, you know how he said, he goes, you know, I'm like weighing out my options right now and seeing, you know, what I want to do. It's like, it's like, you knew he was going to go back, but like, you know, it was like, how much of a wait was that going to be? And then he just, came up last night and I was just like wait what I'm like wait this is happening like so it's really exciting I'm excited to see what else you know WWE is going to bring to the table in the next like couple weeks couple months and see you know how things have changed for them since what's been happening before all these new people came in power yeah and Samira you're talking about the excitement factor there or the surprise element how about the fact that they had Gargano come back and debut coming off a commercial break might seem small Right. You might not even notice that it happened that way, but you're just not used to those sort of things happening. You know, you get your little package, you come back into the arena, boom, music hits. And to John's point, right, you're like, wait, that that's not that. that wait, there's a delayed pop. Right. And then the name shows up on the screen and everyone loses it. Uh, Shaq, back to your original sort of question about the equity. I guess in terms of the viewership and, and, and John's point about proving themselves over the dog days of summer. Triple H has about as much equity in this business just based off the black and gold run. Like prior to AEW, 
that was the most outstanding, consistent run of premium product, like premium live events, pay-per-views, whatever you want to call it, the takeovers, right? The, the in-between uh, special shows that they would do. The wrestling for those five, six years, whatever it was, was some of the best that I've ever seen. Like, it was consistently amazing. I trust that guy. And here's the other thing. With WWE, they have a built-in audience. Yes, a lot of them have went away over the years. But it's in our fabric as Americans, as fans of combat sports. Doesn't matter if it's pro wrestling, boxing, mixed martial arts. I'm sure we all cross over a little bit in some regard, right? Um, but over the years, that equity had dwindled. The erratic booking, um, the 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 disjointed storytelling, the hot and cold booking, right? And it just, I think people gradually stepped away, at least from a regular sort of uh, watching standpoint. Now they're hearing, even Tony Khan said, I watch a lot of wrestling. I watch their product. It's better. That was a PSA for WWE that, you know, Tony Khan cut. He didn't need to do that, but he was honest about the landscape, right? And, and I think people are going to come back. I think they're going to stay because they were always WWE fans, mm -hmm. but they just gave them too many reasons not to watch, right? It was just too much of an investment without the payoff. I've seen what in just four weeks. I mean, the payoff is there. The equity is there. I think this is going to be uh, sustained viewership and, and I'm not really worried about it because I'm not worried about Triple H. Yeah. And Ryan, I think one of the other things that has been so jarring is with all these changes, these dramatic yeah. changes happening, there's been a clear exposing of how the hand that was feeding was not being received at the same time right like <laughs> like just the immediacy of some of these changes yeah. i expected it to be kind of rolled out over a slow period of time but it's like nope bringing this town <laughs> back bringing this town back bringing this okay. town back we're changing up how we structure our show like like you said coming out of commercial break with a return we're giving more time for these matches to go out there and breathe a little bit we're not going to micromanage commentary and we're going to kind of let them do their thing in a way that doesn't sound unnatural and we talked about this off air but they have depolished the wwe product and i don't look at that as a negative i think the wwe product was so super shiny like this annoying light over my shoulder sometimes that you'd want to <laughs> go out there and be like stop like Give me something gritty. Give me something that feels real. The the secret of pro wrestling is that it is an industry built on a lie. It is not real. Yep. But if you give me something that feels real, then I authentically can feel with the product that I'm watching too. I love that. And you know, uh, a very quick PSA on the note of PSAs. <laughs> Guys, if you would like to ask a question, please leave a super chat. Sean Ross saps bread and butter. What is really what is fightful without super chat donations <laughs> and Patreon? But that's why that's why we love the guy. Uh, if you have a question for anyone here, please throw a little super chat. Dollar, a thousand. I got my preference, but it really doesn't matter. We'll get to it on the tail end. Um, part two of this, as we sort of continue the celebration of Triple H, and then the direction <laughs> of WWE. You know, you guys. You, we, we, we've suffered a lot we have suffered a lot and i think it's time to when wrestling is good it is damn good and i think well, this calls for celebration Shaq, i was gonna say what uh, john john referenced when we were off air i said it feels good not to have to hate watch the uh main roster yeah. now because you know i i, I, I have obligations As i do, do have I. to watch the show but so often it was just it was very laborious laborious so, laborious hey whatever whatever you want to use can uh, tomato tomato can <laughs> uh so but I, I will point out something in the in, in the in the chat in the live chat sarah's wondering you know the surprise debuts are great but it's not going to last forever is this a bit of a honeymoon phase so that's actually a, a great sort of jump off point because part two of this is what do we like the most about triple h's direction that gives us hope and i'll, I'll start here with a tiny thing but something i think has a really important overarching effect um it's the care it's the care that is going into all aspects of this stuff like you know we're seeing a lot of new talent but they're not immediately dumping old storylines from vince's regime we're seeing things play out which i appreciate part two um killer cross not on last friday's smackdown but the friday before that him and scarlet cut a promo on drew mcintyre at the end of the promo he peeks around the corner you see drew mcintyre's back drew's music cues up 
goes to a main shot of the arena, you see Drew McIntyre walk out. These people are in the workplace. They are not separated in different zones, in different cities, in different countries until the time, you know, calls for the lights to go black and someone to pop out. I love that. You talked about the grittiness. We have to create a resemblance of a real-life workplace scenario. People don't just spend time with the guy they hate for six months at a time. They have relationships. Roman asking Sammy to talk to Kevin. Little things like that are making the WWE Universe actually feel alive. And even the little camera cuts, that's a physical representation of what I feel is like a new philosophy towards the creative direction of WWE. I love that they're actually thinking about things, not in pockets, but as a whole. Samira, what do you like most about that? What gives you the most hope about the direction that we're going in here? I don't know. I just, like, you know, Ryan was saying, like, I trust Triple H because he knows how to do things. Like, we were talking about how he was, you know, doing the stuff in NXT. It was very entertaining. It's just like, I don't know what it is. It's just amazing to watch, like, how they wrestle and, like, how he puts on a show. It's it's just phenomenal. I don't know what I don't know what it is that like specifically I can't really like tell you, but I just like enjoy watching what he puts out that product. It's just it's very entertaining, and I'm excited to see the direction we'll go in. And I know like once all the returns are over, but we've seen what he can do before. We I'm sure he's going to do much great things here on the main roster. I'm excited to see what it could be, but I think you know they're in they're heading in for really good direction. Ryan. Well, here's the thing. Yes, the returns will dry up, right? The free agents will dry up. These sort of pops will dry up to some extent, but contracts are going to be up in 2025, 2026, 2027, right? And you're going to get, I don't know who it's going to be. You're going to get the Adam Coles returning. You're going to get the MJF switching over. You're going to get Wardlow going over. Again, I'm not saying specifically. I'm saying those sort of surprises are in store. Well, I can't the next say that five... you reported this. What's that? I can't say that you reported this. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. And I have no inside <laughs> okay. information. Got what it, I'm well, saying is, it, watching. <laughs> what I'm saying is it is inevitable, right? Like we are living for the first time in 20 years, direct competition with contracts on some level that match with television deals, with content deals. And there's another option where there really hasn't been again for a couple decades. So that's the next phase and chapter of this are going to be who's going to sign away, who's going to go over the jumping ship and all that. We are living. I'm not going to. It's not the attitude era. It's not the Monday Night Wars. It's something different. It's a social media age. It's an entirely different monster, but it's really fun to be, you know, in terms of uh, to be living And Samira, to, to your point, you, you can't really put your finger on it in terms of what is making it so much better. But, but I go back to something my co-host Bully Ray says all the time, kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Like this is pro wrestling. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Oftentimes I feel like with Vince McMahon and the WWE, they overthought so many different things or he overthought so many different things, the hot and cold booking. How do we get invested in that? Triple H doesn't have those knee-jerk responses. He invests in a story. He tells the story. And speaking of telling stories, John, and, and everybody, you can see the stories being told in the ring. And that is something that I've been clamoring for for my entire adult life. Something AEW did very well. Something that WWE has can do well. But I feel like they've diverged from that as the years have gone on. So it's, it's really it's just exciting to have pro wrestling back in the WWE. Yeah. When fans would bend over backwards to explain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. 
You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Main things that were so needlessly... Complicated. Yes. I'm so glad you brought up the the keep it simple, stupid, because pro wrestling doesn't have to be complicated. Pro wrestling can be very simple. Some of the most effective stories told in professional wrestling history have been very simple stories. The Brian Danielson story, the Daniel Bryan story, is a very sure. simple story. It's not hard to comprehend. The Stone Cold Steve Austin story with Vince McMahon is a very easy story to understand. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I, I agree with your assessment entirely, Ryan, that sometimes simple is what's best for me one element that i've really enjoyed of the current wwe presentation is we've seen an incorporation of show long storytelling i can give you an example with the dexter loomis return where in that one backstage promo segment in hour one you just saw a little bit in the background kevin owens giving an interview and in the background you saw there was a car that was off the hinges yes and they weren't showing it prominently in the in the shot, but it was still something they're like, huh, that's interesting. Hour two, you get another promo segment in the same area, and all of a sudden cops run right past the camera. Oh, wait a minute. That's something's going on there. What is that? Then utilizing social media buzz, you've got everyone saying, Oh, what is that? Who's who's returning? What's going on back there? I gotta tune into hour three which we know is a death hour for Raw traditionally. And then you pay that off in the main event where you see this quasi we're breaking the fourth wall, but we're not entirely breaking the fourth wall camera shot that shows Dexter Loomis being dragged out by the crowd. And they've done it a few times with a few different things. They did it even last night with the Judgment Day, incorporating them in multiple segments leading up to the main event. That is a cohesive way to tell a story. And one of my favorite things that I used to really try to do a lot as a storyteller in television was bookend storytelling the way your feature starts the piece the way your story would start would be the way that it ends and you reward the audience for paying attention there's no better feeling in pro wrestling as a viewer when you are rewarded for paying attention to the little things so that's something that i've taken notice of and i hope that continues oh what a point and point um we've been sort of the wwe audience i feel like has been sort of um forced into this form of like spoon-fed storytelling what's the harm in having a little bit of nuance there right if you miss, listen i'll watch a lot of things and sometimes i'll miss it but it's exciting because now i get to go back and see it again with fresh eyes i get to talk to people about it i get to sort of predict where this is going that has been lost for so long i'm so happy to have it back guys before we move on to talk about aew bit, i want to sort of tie these threads together uh you know by all indications backstage reports, sort of uh, uh, plateauing viewership. AEW, at least to me, doesn't feel like it has quite the steam and unity that it had across its debut and across, you know, its first couple of years of existence. To some effect, that's natural, right? You're the new play, you're the new kid on the playground, you want an alternative. Before, when there's nothing to k- complain about, there's just enthusiasm. And now, you know, AEW, like everyone does, has its own patterns that it's forming. And people are slowly starting to feel some of its own gripes. And I'm sure they can course correct and improve. And they're still doing a lot of great things. They're making their Canadian debut. Um, they're getting a lot of their injured talent back. But I am curious. You said, Ryan, that even Tony Khan has admitted to enjoying the WWE product more under Triple H's. Guys, you also touched on it. You've touched on it a lot. You touched on it with the contract renewals, things like that. How big of an impact do you think that WWE's new creative direction is going to have on AEW? Is AEW's audience sort of solidified? Or is there any cause for concern as to what's going to happen to AEW long term as a consequence of Triple H's direction? I'm going to start with you, Ryan. I don't know if and it's Stephanie's just my direction. I don't want Yeah, no, I don't know if it's just the generation, the the fact that I'm 38 and I lived through the Monday Night Wars and the heyday of WCW and 
um, the bickering and the, the, the N64 parties and the Mountain Dew and the Code Red and like just the whole vibe of the 90s. I know there's room for both. Like It's not like I didn't watch WCW and WWF in the 90s. I loved both. I watched both. And they're both a part of, you know, who I am today as a gray beard you know what i mean so like it explains why uh, your beard's gray yeah yeah right yes all the all the bickering and all the subgenres i'm into heavy metal and hip-hop and pro wrestling and mma and star wars everyone loves to bitch and moan but it's a good thing right like to, to, to kind of bring that full circle the conversation is good the competition is good having ratings discussion is good having discussions about who's the better hoss you know Wardlow or insert, you know, Haas in the WWE. I don't know who you'd use in that situation. But yeah, there you go. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like it, it's kind of entertaining to sit back and watch the chaos as it happens on social media all the time. Everyone getting in their mentions and getting in their feelings and the tribalism. It's ridiculous, but that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable and fun to watch. I'm not worried about it at all. I think there's plenty to go around. We know. I mean, just look at the independent scene of people who aren't signed in AEW or WWE. There are hundreds of of solid workers out there that can tell great stories. Right. So I just, I, I, I feel like, again, the stories are there to be told. The money is there. The content in terms of streaming platforms and, and people trying to throw money, just literally throwing money at organizations like here, take money here, take green light, this green light, that take my money, take my money. This is a really exciting time. I don't know where it's going to end up, but as far as AEW and WWE go, uh, I think both companies should be feeling very comfortable where they're at. And I think that also uh, to reference what we were talking about earlier, Tony Khan saying that WWE is good and I'm watching and the stories are good and it's getting better. That shows confidence in Tony Khan. Tony Khan doesn't care. I don't think AEW is worried about what WWE is doing at all. And honestly, vice versa, because everyone's making money. Yeah, there might be some backstage stuff in AEW, but in, in regards to that, I don't even care about that because that's happened in every company since the beginning of time and drama's good. I mean, it might not be good for everybody, but it's good <laughs> for me as a viewer. Uh, John. As someone with a lot of business experience here, why would AEW have cause for concern? I want to pivot it a little bit. Um, so long as their business end is fine, they'll be fine, right? Should there be any concerns about creative or what WWE is doing? Or does AEW just kind of truck along? I think the only concern AEW probably has is that, and Matt Hardy and I talked about this on his podcast, is that if Triple H's regime here proves that WWE becomes a desirable place to work on a large scale for a lot of talent. Well, one that's going to draw up contract negotiation prices. That's going to raise the roof on those. And yeah, you might lose some talent like the MJFs, like the Wardlows that sure. you have built, but here's the other side of that. It's kind of what Ryan alluded to. There's no shortage of great talent out there right now. So if you did lose a great talent to WWE. There's another great talent out there on the independent scene that you can bring in and morph into your image of a superstar. One thing that AEW does deal with right now, and, and I use the term all the time, and maybe it's perhaps the wrong term, but I say it's a bloated roster. And I don't mean that in the sense of, oh, you should cut a bunch of people, but you've got a huge roster that you're struggling to find consistent broadcast television time for. So if some talent were to leave, and go to a company like WWE that has six, seven hours of weekly TV. Well, maybe that would allow for some other talent in AEW that are being overshadowed mm -hmm. to get an opportunity to be showcased. I was going to say, you don't so, even have to go to the independents right away. I feel like there's enough on, meat on the roster that's mm -hmm. not getting the time it needs. Sure. So ultimately, you can look at the negatives. I, I think the negatives for AEW more than anything else right now is to just make sure that there are checks and balances up and down the company backstage. Make sure that we know Tony Khan is super hands-on in just about every element of the company. It is okay to delegate to other people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with delegate. In fact, I would argue that a great leader delegates properly. So hopefully with these new delegations we've seen in recent weeks, hopefully that is something that works itself out backstage with AEW. And I, I think both of these companies are healthy in their own different respective ways. 
Mira, are you as uh, optimistic about the future? I, I thought it was the youth that was supposed to be optimistic, but look at John and Ryan here with the healthy attitudes. Mira, how do you feel about AEW as it pertains to the WWE? I don't know. I feel like nobody really should have anything to be worried about. They need to like focus on their own program and who they have on their roster, not worried about, oh, they're doing this. So like we got to do this and we got to one up them. It's good to just focus on your product and what you have. And I think like both of them are doing such a great job on their own and that's what they're doing. They're just focusing on like, how can we, you know, get more people? How can we get more eyes? And there's like so much wrestling nowadays and, you know, we got different companies, but, you know, obviously the main ones, you got WWE, you got AEW, but I, I don't know. I just, I see them going, how do I wear this? Like, I just see them doing what they need to do to be successful and just hopefully not worry about each other. Because if you're trying to one up the other, it's just, it's not going to be good. Hey, well, maybe we'll have another war. That will be kind of fun. I mean, I I don't know. That's what I think, but like, I don't know. I I think it would be so interesting, honestly, but hopefully like maybe this means more working together with other promotions. I mean, we've seen that a lot and I personally would love that. Like a crossover, like that would be huge. Like you wouldn't expect it. So I don't know. I don't think they have anything to worry about, honestly. The the one thing I'll push back on there, Samira, is that I do think it is important to be watching what your competition is doing because I think it forces you to have self-evaluation and self-awareness with your product. Because sometimes you get very comfortable with what you're doing. And if you see that another company is doing something that works, not saying that you should copy what they're doing, but I do think it's important to say, okay, is what we're doing servicing our audience right now in a way that makes them feel fulfilled as a viewer? I was going to say, and also keep an eye on their talent. Because again, you, you mentioned contracts. It's like, if you're WWE, you want to see what's happening with MJF. You want to know? You, you want to see how long he's right? yeah. what's up, dude? Where is Wardlow? Wardlow screams WWE. One hundred percent, yes. Wardlow, yeah. MJF, like the perfect baby face and the perfect heel. If you're WWE, you have to watch that because you have to have your eyes on them. You have to be, you know, looking for the next future, whatever. And yeah, in terms of worry, uh, that would be the one thing. If I was AEW, I would be worried about is the the piggy bank. The WWE has at their disposal. I know Tony Khan is a wealthy man. I know AEW has plenty of money behind him, but you got to feel like if WWE really wants someone, really, really wants someone, like really, they can go get them. And if I'm AEW, I'm terrified of the prospect of them poaching MJF because I said it three years ago when Double or Nothing was here in Vegas for that first show and MJF was getting carried out of the press conference and our friend Andreas Hale, he mirrored him for WrestleMania. I think it was for a Yahoo sports piece. I don't remember exactly what, but I remember talking to Andreas and he was like, dude, he never breaks character. Like he's always on 100% of the time. And this was when he was like 22 or whatever he was like, he is a gem, right? Like he's, he, he's, He's special in in a world full of special people and entertainers and artists and creatives. He almost stands alone. So that's like the one thing I would be Shaq to your point. That's like the one thing I would be worried about if I was AEW. I'm like, please don't take MJF. So I, I don't know what's happening with that story, but or if it is a story or what exactly is going on. But that's a yeah, that's a concern. Well, you know, speaking of keeping an eye on your competition and self reflecting, I saw I took one look at John in a suit, and I thought, damn, I underdressed. And man, I need to shave my chest hair. So, <laughs> hey, buddy, look, I got, I got some, I got some... easy. There's uh, children. Not, gonna... There are children on this stream, <laughs> hey, John. Well, you know what, John? Call There's yourself. no perfect segue. <laughs> no more perfect segue because the theme of this has been sex appeal and not we to worry. About chest so, <laughs> on here, where, where is this going? Here? If you are worried about your sexual performance. Oh, I see. Oh, and if, and if oh, Triple H's creative lead isn't getting you rock hard with emotion, mm. <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp has something to tell you guys. Might help you out. Here we go, Sean. If you want erect penises, well, one at least, yours, use bluechew.com. But it's not just about that, even though it is a lot about that. It's about that performance, it's about having that confidence. Bluechew is made with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You know they work, but they work on your schedule. Or not your schedule. Maybe you're you're not up to task. Blue Chew takes care of that for you, my friend. Get you ready whenever the mood arises or when it doesn't. 
prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, and you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy or the doctor's office. It's because you consult with an online physician, and if approved, come straight to your door. That way you can, you know the rest. Just pay $5 shipping when you use that code FIGHTFUL. Otherwise, your first shipment is free. That's bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL. And we are back, Sean. I could not hear what you said. I think the audience could, though. So thank you for keeping everyone satisfied. Uh, Talking about satisfaction. Shout out to Trish Stratus. Hometown hero making her way back on Monday Night Raw. Um, You mentioned MJF. Man, we're we're so on the same page. It's almost as if I sent you guys the questions and the topics in advance. Um, I did want to talk about this a little bit because... Oh, wait, no. We didn't even get to AEW yet. My bad. Uh, okay, let's uh, talk about AEW very briefly because I see we, we took our, 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 our time with the Triple H stuff. There are reports of some duress backstage in AEW as it pertains to talent getting along. Um, I don't want to speculate too much on things. You know, I'll leave, I'll leave it to SRS to get those reports out there on Fightful and Fightful Select. Uh, but I do want to take this moment to kind of talk about a bigger picture here. We've seen it in the past with like WCW, at times at WWE. How, as you, John, you mentioned Tony Khan learning how to delegate better. How do you, as a promoter, of which I don't think any of us are, John, John, done any promotion? Your I, time? I, there we got one guy here uh, qualified to talk about this. But yeah. <laughs> if you were in Tony Khan's shoes, how do you manage this? How do you go about getting these reports if they're true, sort of in order? Because allegedly right now you're risking upsetting some of your biggest stars. Some of whom, like we said, might be looking at greener pastures or what might be on the other side for them when their contracts come up. How do you go about sort of settling on this at a time where WWE is improving, there are some criticisms forming about AEW's product, and you would really like to see a united front now that everyone's back from injury. John, we'll go back to you to start here. What would you do if you were Tony Khan, and if these reports were true? Again, I I think what Tony did do a few weeks ago with assigning official roles for people who are respected within the industry, I think that's a huge thing that you can do to show your roster that, okay, delegation is going to go through this flow chart. And if you have a question about this, you can go to this person. If you have a question about this, you can go to this person. And one thing that I think has been unfair to AEW that we tend to forget as consumers because of how popular it has become is that it is still a very young company and it was a startup. It was a multi, 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 multi million dollar startup, but it was a startup. And Because of the success it has, I think there has been less leeway in the growing pains. I think what's happening now that we're seeing WWE have some of its short-term success here, and with the prominence and prevalence of social media, we have the ability to see within some of those cracks that once that honeymoon stage wears off, there's going to be some dissension amongst the ranks, but that happens in every avenue of work. Keeping the troops happy in a newsroom is very hard. Keeping the troops happy in any single working environment can become very difficult. So I just think, as I said before, the biggest thing that they can focus on is ensuring that there's proper delegation up and down the charts. I've talked to a lot of different AEW wrestlers about this in the past few weeks, and you you get both sides of the equation just as there is in any story. So as long as there is that conscious effort being made to delegate properly i think you will eventually see a lot of these i don't even know what the right word to refer to them is these discretions simmer down a little bit samira are you at ha- are you happy at work I'm happy at work. <laughs> Man, that was, that, I that was not the question I was expecting. Holy, I wasn't holy. expecting that either. I was like, oh, wait holy a second. Put, put, put our girl I was on like, the this spot. Isn't about me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, now you and I can have some backstage. I'm just glad you didn't ask me that. So that, I'm glad that went to you. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Took, took yes, I am very happy there. at work. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to put a. John in a compromising position before he does eight other podcasts today. So it's true. You know, this would be easier avenue to explore. No, but Samir, what, what do you think about sort of the rumors of what's going on and 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 yeah, how, how would you sort of navigate it if you were in there? 
Oh my gosh. Um, Pull on your experiences as an entrepreneur here, girl. He got it. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just like the most important thing is obviously you want everybody to be happy and like where they are. Because if they're not, they're going to obviously up and leave and go somewhere else where they're much more appreciated or like more time or whatever that might be that they are looking for. And of course, you just want everybody happy. And I think like, like John was saying, you need just like the delegation is that's very important. And I think if this is, you know, if what's happening, all this stuff is going on right now, you just need to keep people happy because you don't want, obviously, like we were talking about WWE's success at the moment, it's going to have people questioning like, hey, am I like, should I really be here? Should I not be here? Because there's other opportunities, obviously, elsewhere that I could go to if I'm not happy here. And I think they really just need to think about what can I do to help them specifically and make them happy that will get them to stay or stay or resign or whatever it might be. Ryan, yeah. I know you and your gray lived through the Attitude Era and the Monday <laughs> Night Wars. Um, yeah. Are you seeing any, I don't want to say commonalities, but are your spidey senses tingling at all, having lived through some of these before? Yeah, because I don't know what's real. <laughs> and that is the most powerful weapon that AEW has in their back pocket right now. Like the fact that we don't know where the truth lies. We don't know how big the beef is, if it is even beef. And if I'm Tony Khan, if it's real, I'm making it a story. If it's not, if it's already a part of the story, then he has used modern media. He has worked shows. He has worked journalists. He is, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a, a, a new level of storytelling that we haven't seen in the social media age, right? I tend to think where there's smoke, there's fire. Again, I'm not speculating, but there's enough reports out there. There's enough people who have spoken uh, as sources that there's probably something going on over there. All right, so if I'm Tony Khan, I sit down in a room. You have a conversation with all the talent. You know, you're not, you're never going to make everyone happy to your point, you know, earlier, right? Like every workplace has its issues, the difference between their workplace and all of our workplaces is they're paid a lot of money, a lot of money. Everybody on the AEW roster is living comfortably. Now, if I'm Tony Khan, you want to go to WWE, that's fine. You're going to be on a roster with, well, we can name 20 women who are probably the best women's wrestlers in the world. Their women's roster is Stacked at a level, I don't know if I've ever seen a roster stacked. Like, it's literally ridiculous. Asuka, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, Naomi, if they return. The list goes on and on and on and on and on, right? Um, and then with the men as well. Like, if you're threatening to go to WWE, if you think there's greener pastures, it's like, okay, that's fine. You got Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes. The list goes on and on and on and on, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be greener pastures. Tony Khan pays his employees a lot of money. You pay them to be professionals. Uh, you pay them to tell stories. So be professionals and tell stories and make a lot of money in the process because there is serious legs to whatever sort of drama might be happening in AEW right now. That is a tailor-made, ready-made story to tell. Do it. Do it because we don't know where the truth lies. And those are the those are the best stories that we've seen. The NWO, the Outsiders, uh, Sean and Brett, right? Like it, over time, you it, it's just it's a tried and true sort of formula. And we're living it right now. And for the people that didn't live through the Attitude Era or the people that didn't get that sort of back and forth in the 90s, you're getting it now. And you cannot tell me it's not awesome. You can't to, say this isn't fun. To build off of that as long as pro wrestling has been around, there have been egos in locker rooms. Like mm -hmm. Ryan, you, you've been watching pro wrestling since Luthez's first match. You know that, <laughs> that there has been, because pro wrestling is a bubble. It's yeah. an insulary bubble for better or for worse. There are a lot of people in pro wrestling who have never had that real world experience that they live in an industry that, as I had said earlier, is built on a lie that feeds egos, that feeds power trips. And as a result of that, you're going to get people who either rationally or irrationally find themselves disgruntled. So yeah. it, it's a matter of how do you combat that? And I think one of the options you have, as you alluded to, is you run with it. But that's not always going to work out. For all we know how this MJF situation has unfolded, we don't know truly what kind of bad feelings there are. Maybe there's none at all, but there also may be. So you do have to walk that fine line in that sense, too. 
a, a quick question for this before we wrap up on our last topic guys if you have any questions please leave a super chat we'll i also by the way shack i think mjf's coming back like within the next week and a half two weeks i feel like there's your official prediction that. Yeah, throw it I down. Feel- Breaking news. I know nothing. Don't get I me know excited. Nothing. I know yeah, don't, nothing. Don't, don't throw that out there. Now I I'm have all not up been or... told anything. I am. This is my opinion. I believe that the pivot with Moxley and Punk is to bring MJF back into focus. I can't think of anything that's bigger than Moxley and Punk right now. You so, know how big that story would be if MJF gets involved in this and the backstage yeah. drama and the promos yeah. he would be I, able to. I, but, uh, but oh my god! And I'm not trying to hijack you, Shaq, and I apologize. No, no, please. It's a great point. I, I can't think of anything that's bigger than Moxley Punk versus uh, other than an MJF return. Yeah. Can, so, can anybody else? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm happy with it. no, it's great. And the, and the, and sort of, if they want to do an invader angle, right. W and I don't even know if you like, would, would you call Danielson and punk WWE guys, or would you call them ROH originals? That's kind of another fun curveball yeah. that's being thrown in here. The inclusion of ROH and all this. And what is the Blackpool combat club? I, I'm I'm I feel like a mark again. And it's I, I, I proudly exclaim that it's super cool to be living this as an adult when I never felt I would feel like this again. OK, I really didn't. This is this is perfect. So uh, for 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 clarity's sake, I was. Between four to six years old, I was about four years old, like the height of the attitude era. Yeah, so I like this. I like this because I'm the young guy on Busted Open, but now we're doing this. I'm like the old guy. I get, I I, I kind of get to feel. Well, I know, and I, I, I like, like I like the layers here. Everyone's got a different perspective to bring to yeah. it. That's why Shaq curates these, man. Uh, I would like to know. You know, I, I talked to Eric Bischoff recently. Shout out to your friend John. Um, and, and one of the things we discussed is, or one of the things Eric mentioned was how AEW and Tony Khan tend to cater more to sort of the in the know hardcore fan, whereas WWE has a bit of a broader appeal. You compare the stuff that we're going through right now with the backstage reports, Ryan, to you know the NWO, the Outsiders, etc. Does that mean a lot? for AEW trying to capture a broader audience. Um, and when I ask is when the NWO and the Outsiders were a thing, obviously it was a huge wrestling boom at the time, but did that translate for a more casual viewer the day, it, because it's held in such high regard now? Yeah, I, I, I never like to use that era as like a direct comparison mm-hmm. because the I mean the ratings, the sixes and sevens and the the I mean you like you said you were between four and six during the attitude era, dude. Everyone had a stone cold shirt or a rock shirt or an NWO Wolfpack shirt or an NWO black and white shirt. Everybody played N64, WCW, NWO Revenge, or WrestleMania 2000. Like there it was it was okay, it wasn't the NFL. It was outdrawing Monday Night Football. I was going to say, I was going to say, for us, though, it was. But for us, like, of our age, it was bigger than the NFL. It was everything to teenagers in the 90s. Everything. Men, women, it didn't matter. Everybody knew about what was happening. So um, I... I can't compare it to that, but it's the closest thing I think we're ever going to get. And I never thought we'd see it again because I thought, you know, WWE was the show in town the last 20 years. There was nothing on the horizon that would have suggested to me that we were going to get a rival, let alone, you know, the son of an NFL owner, you know, billion dollar owner that loves. He's a forum kid like Tony Khan is a encyclopedia of professional wrestling fandom. And he's basically got his toy box. And he's opening up, you know, his LJN figures and his Mattel figures, and he's he's fantasy booking, but he's doing it with real life flesh and blood, right? Like so the, it, the it's com- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's completely it's completely different than the '90s, but it, 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 it that's not a bad thing. I mean, there's similarities. We've been talking about this. Right, yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> It's like, those, it's like those toys from the attitude era that, that had like the little silver metal things on the bottom where you put it against the bottom of the Titantron thing and it played their entrance themes for 15 seconds. Yeah, That's yeah I had one of those. I had disposal. one of those. He's got that at his disposal right you now. Know, it's great. So no, it's it's not exactly the same, but it's the closest thing a generation is going to get. And yeah, I think both companies should be leaning into it on some level. Okay. I think, And they've acknowledged it in some of the promos, even WWE has. So yeah, it's a good problem to have. See, Samira, there are these things called VHSs back in the day. I know what they are. I grew up with those still. So mean to be John. I'm just kidding. Shout out Coliseum Home Video for raising us all. Amen. Now you've lost me. But, uh, oh, I'm also, geez, for I'm real? Also, does, it matter, does it matter that I'm in Canada? Does that make any difference to this conversation? I don't feel like, no. 
I feel like Coliseum Home Video is up in Canada. Yeah, we have Blockbuster and Rogers. Those were like our two. Well, Coliseum Home Video was the was the, the, the production that, company. Yeah, yeah they were the production this, company. I remember this prefacing like my uh, yeah. uh, in your house Undertaker versus Mankind tapes. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Look at that. I brought it back. Okay, guys. Last thing before we wrap up here, we talked about it. I mean, it's kind of driven the conversation for the last fifteen minutes, but um, the blurring of the lines between what's really happening backstage and what's being played out on TV, I think has been greatly aided by pro wrestlers better utilizing social media and promoters better utilizing dirt sheets. I think for a long time we've sort of proclaimed that kayfabe is dead as a consequence of the internet and everyone has access to everything that's happening. We've seen guys like MJF really sort of turn that formula on its head and use sort of the thing that killed kayfabe as its greatest strength. Even Dax the other day posted a photo with CM Punk and sort of teased the backstage reports. What I want to know from you guys are who are some of the wrestlers who you think are doing the best job of blurring this line? And do you think that the sort of formula has been unlocked to reintroduce this sort of blurring of the lines long-term in pro wrestling. I'm going to open the field for anyone who has a thought here. You want me to start? Are you pointing? Who are you pointing? Ryan, I don't know who you're pointing at. <laughs> I, w- I was pointing at the collective, the royal we. I was I was tossing either John or Samira. <laughs> Samira, what do you got? Because I'd love to hear your perspective on this, Samira. As a, as a social media aficionado. Right. Like, it's like hard to like say because like there's just so many people. I don't know. I, I think there's a great it's irony. Eddie in Kingston. Fact. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie's good. He's yeah. good. At it. There's a great irony in the fact that the new kayfabe is reality, where you can use reality to create kayfabe, if that makes sense. Like you just alluded to you're leaning into these real life issues to blur the lines that in turn become wrestling storylines. So you're utilizing that to your advantage to create a style of programming that is very niche, but also very successful in terms of drumming up interest. I think you mentioned a few there. Dax is great at it. MJF is obviously great at it. Cody is always good at leaning into stuff. He's super good at that. I actually, John, I, I actually think that MJF, you would, we all would think that MJF uses social media, right? And it, like he adds, I actually think he doesn't. I actually think he'd be better served to be like a John Moxley. I think some of the people who best use social media in the social media age are people who don't use it at all. Like John Moxley, Moxley, his character fits like that dude doesn't use social media. Good for him. Like well, I don't see... totally off social media. Now. That's what I'm saying. And it's no. great because it adds to the aura of John Moxley. Right. MJF is posting cat pictures like, OK, that's cool. Like, I mean, I like that you're human and you've got a life outside of professional wrestling, but you are also a one of one. And part of what makes you unique is we don't know where the line sits with him. So I would actually there are certain talents that I would like that that you know, could benefit themselves by being off of social media. And then there's talents that I think are just the, the social media is a, is a huge tool for them. And and, and a name that really pops out to me is big E. I think big E and his humanizing and his, and not even, even uh, before the injury and the neck injury, the Seinfeld stuff, the, the social issues, the progressiveness, like that dude's social media makes me want to be a fan, not just now, but for life. So I, I think it's a case by case basis, but there's, there's people that use it correctly. I think there's people that use it incorrectly. There's people that don't use it at all. John Moxley that I think is using it correctly. So it's, we're kind of all living it. It's only been like the last 10 years, give or take, right. Of this really being a thing and being something to watch and being like a measurable metric. Um, and I think everyone's just kind of figuring out their own voice as it, as it goes along. I, I do want to take a quick detour. Cause I'm always, I'm always here for a big E appreciation thread. I was yes. actually having a conversation with someone recently and uh, about like what you would change about yourself. And I said, I want to be as beloved as big E but not because I want attention. It's because from all accounts of oh, yeah. everybody I've talked to, he makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Having him around makes you happy. And I'm like, I I don't know how to unlock that. 
because I piss a lot of people off. But I wish I could bring the same sort of joy and enthusiasm that makes everyone around me feel so much better. And Big E, I haven't even met the guy. And just yeah. seeing him talk in interviews makes me feel that way. Yep. So shout yep. out to Big E. Uh, Eddie Kingston. I, I brought him up. I think he's actually one of the best at... And listen, what other workplace, especially on a national scale, could you go out there and call someone a C-word on Twitter and not be, like, severely reprimanded? <laughs> like, that dude is so believable. Part of me is like, there is no way he actually feels this way and, he, and, and he's he, putting and it check. out there, but he and does. Check. Yeah, and Shaq, he's also doing it. I just, quick aside, he's doing all of this, dropping C-words and C-bombs and cutting promos on punk and doing whatever, all while he's still got Black Lives Matter in his in his uh, headliner on Twitter. Just just a, just a huge tip of the cap for Eddie Kingston Bro, for being a real one. He, he Dude, he's raw, and it's so yep. believable. Like, any doubts that I had about that gimmick, not that I really did, are gone. Because, like, yeah. he does not give an F. And and I think it's really... He is, by far, one of the most believable characters in pro wrestling right now. Real sells. People like reality. And that's a huge element of that. And there's one thing that I will counter you on, Ryan. This is a conversation that Danny Cage and I have had a lot. The owner of the Monster Factory. He doesn't like when his wrestlers, his trainees, use their social medias as kayfabe. His argument is that when people follow an actor, they're following them for the person, not yep. for the character they played in a movie. So he doesn't like to see his wrestlers work in angles because he thinks that there's a better way to connect with people authentically by being yourself that will get them to draw and want to watch your character. And I just thought that was an interesting perspective. I'm not saying I agree with it entirely, but it was yeah. an interesting perspective. I, I guess the counter I would have to that is, is actors change their roles every six months. New movie, mm -hmm. Tom Cruise is whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, Tom Cruise has played the same role for like 30 years, That's but true. maybe yeah. not the best example. Um, but no, I, they change their roles. When, when, when you're a talent, when you're a worker, when you're a wrestler, you know, you, you stay the same character for 30, 40 years, you know, if you're a Hall of Famer and you stick around that long. So, um, again, I it, I think we all agree it's a case by case basis. Some people, it serves their character like John Moxley to leave that shroud of mystery and to maybe not have that. And then for other people like Big E, open it up, man. Like, show me the whole thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you choose and pick and choose which one fits. I guess you just you kind of get the idea when. I don't know. You you hire the wrestler to get to know more about him. Uh, but I get Danny Cage's point. You know, I it's there. We just brought up Big E, right? There is a huge benefit of just being yourself and bringing people in and making them feel attached to you and feeling like you know he's one of us. Like you go out and kick it and play video games with Big E and shoot the shit and eat chicken wings and have a good old time. Uh, someone in the chat complained that uh, we we clickbait this video by putting MJF in the thumbnail, even though we are actively having a conversation about <laughs> yeah, MJF. About but, 20 minutes, 20 minutes on MJF. I know, but you know what? I'm in a giving mood. So as we wrap up here, I'll give it a couple more minutes. Um, someone is asking, how do you do, how do you execute the MJF return to AW that sort of fits with the blurring of the lines of his departure? Anyone have any booking theories? I can tell John has been thinking about this one. <laughs> It, it hinges entirely on the direction you take CM Punk in. Yeah. It hinges entirely on that. If Punk were to turn heel and they lean into the fact that he's not everything he said he was, then Max all of a sudden can have this unforeseen babyface run that nobody saw coming at all, where he's like, I was right. I told you. And he can play the defender of AEW. Which is this weird dynamic that I never expected oh, we would really see. Cool. but. It's must-see TV, right? 100%. So I don't think you can just go back to the well with Max being the same character that he was either. Oh. He t he called Tony Khan an effing Mark in his final promo. Like, you can't just go back from that. Said it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> he laid it in thick. Can I, so oh, that's uh, my thought. Oh, my. Give, do, do a CM Punk John Cena esque run with MJF and Punk. Well, there's just MJF. there's great but, dynamic. but with mjf playing the cena role <laughs> what there's great what? dynamic though and and that's what? a great story oh it is technique right like character wise you are not who you said you were and that puts punk on this personal discovery journey that puts mjf on a personal discovery journey but then on the flip side of that 
John Moxley is the hottest act you've got in the company right now. And do you really want to push him off to the side like that? So I, I'm not really sure they've got me. I just, my gut says Max is coming back within the next two weeks. I could be totally wrong, but I don't know what's bigger. And Samira, you've been to AEW pay-per-views. You know what the atmospheres are like. Yeah. I don't think there's anything bigger than Max coming back right now. I think a lot of people would be excited to see him return. He's been gone for, you know, a while now. And I agree with you, John, if he came back that way, that would be such like a, Oh my God. Like what, what is he doing? Like, it's like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you're right about that. Actually, that would be insane. (laughs) Because also you don't even need to book it as him. Like the defender of AEW to Shaq's point, right? Like it can just be like, uh, or it was, I think it was you, John, who said, you know, you're everything I knew you were and everybody that 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 loved you and said that you were this hero and this anti-hero, it was all nonsense. So it's like, he doesn't even need to come to the defense of Tony Khan or John Moxley or, or AEW. He can just come to the defense of himself while propping up the AEW flag. You can do it in a really creative sort of subtle way. And, and it's like, we were all alluding to it. It's, it's, it's exciting because of the unknown and yeah. And the, the possibility of a, even a tweener MJF is just unfathomable, but I'm here for it. It's going to be such a good end to 2022 MJF, Kenny, CM Punk, Moxley, all the big players are there. You got the Adam, you got the, the elite versus undisputed era thing bubbling up. WWE is doing great, some great stuff. I'm going to pour one out for like Pac and all the talent that I love who are not oh, going to yeah. have any airtime now. <laughs> Shout out to Malachi Black as Isn't well. Isn't it crazy well, that Death Triangle seemed like they were the ones that were tailor-made for those titles? Well, you know, not everything can be great all the time, but fingers crossed. Shout out to Death Triangle and House of Black. Well, man, those those groups How- can work. House of Black, I mean, both of them. I don't want to, I'd be, yes, Death Triangle, House of Black, you <laughs> They're both licenses to print money with some of the most talented individuals in the entire business in a faction. They need to be at the top of the card. They have to be. And I don't really care at what sacrifice that comes at. I really There's don't. So many opportunities for cool trios in AW. I've been yeah. in Matt Hardy's ear being like, you need to pair with Top Flight and have this like mentor Hardy Top Flight. You're the next generation of high flyers thing. There's so many cool opportunities for trios in AW. So I really hope that that trios division develops into something very fun because that's something WWE is not going to offer in all yep. likelihood. So that is an opportunity to watch your competition and be like, hey, great point. Look what we can do. Love it, guys. Look at the look at the passion and enthusiasm, but I'm gonna get you guys out when I said I was gonna get you guys out. So uh, I'm gonna let everyone here have their time in the spotlight. I'm gonna do my part first, get it out of the way. Thank you guys so much for checking this out. If you're still here and you haven't subscribed to Fightful, what are you doing? Help them out, help me out. Get me back on here every month to do these things. Uh, on a personal note, if you like pro wrestling interviews, Shaq Wrestling, that's where you can see all my stuff. Uh, just dropped an interview with Danny Limelight. There's recent ones on there with The Undertaker, Bill Goldberg, Eddie Kingston, Malachi Black. Please go check all of those out. Uh, if you're into MMA, Shaq MMA, that's where you can find all my recent interviews. 278, Luke Rockhold, Paulo Costa, Leon Edwards, CBS Sports. All my written work goes there. John please, before you have to jump into the next podcast, tell us about that podcast. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, Danny Limelight's one of my favorite interviews Dude, I've ever done. Yeah, I, you know, I got to unfollow him now, though, because I've seen way too much of his... That man does not need blue chew, let me tell you that. <laughs> he's Danny a, Redlight, he, like, what's he doing? He's a good dude, and he's a great talker, so I'll definitely be checking that out. Actually, uh, yeah, I, I actually... T- sorry to interrupt, because okay. I do want to give Danny his, his flowers here. That was a top three interview for me. Entertainment, Hall of Famers, music, doesn't matter. That was like one of the top three. Did, top did he talk about the story happened. of how he got into wrestling in that? No, we didn't get into he, he was literally, this is a shoot. He was at Target with his daughter. She knocked over a bunch of Blu-rays and he saw a Blu-ray of The Rock and was like, I should buy that. And he bought it and then became a pro wrestler. It's Amazing. insane. Like, Amazing. what a weird story. But he's great at it, so I'll be checking that out. Uh, yeah, you can check me out on social media at John Alba, J-O-N-A-L-B-A, lose the H, H's are for losers. Um, and then uh, I'm on adfreeshows.com with like 15 shows there. I'm the host of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, dropping every single Friday. We're 
hidden one of our biggest topics this week yet tlc one the story behind the first ever tables ladders chair match which uh should be a lot of fun and yeah i'm up and everywhere so thank you for having me on here it's great chatting with you guys today samara Oh, well, thank you guys for having me on today. Uh, you can find me at, on Twitter and Instagram, the It's Samira, literally what the It's Samira, I know people get confused. And my YouTube is It's Samira. I just dropped the interview with Chelsea Green and Deanna Prazo is going to come up next this week. And you can catch me at Boca Raton Championship Wrestling next weekend for their summer show. No, we got, we got, you got your your handles all over here no mistakes being made we got you covered ryan <laughs> yeah well first of all i gotta say to samira john and yourself shack thanks for having me on today this was a lot of fun i usually it's usually just me and someone else yelling over a microphone so the round table sort of scenario was uh very cool mondays uh you can hear me with dean thomas on uh sirius xm on uh, our mixed martial arts fight nation 156 our mma well we're kind of going through a change um it's usually unlocking the cage on monday jimmy smith show the voice of raw but uh, I think we're pivoting from that on Mondays and then Jimmy's Tuesday through Friday and you can hear me on Busted Open. So, yeah, subscribe to SiriusXM and uh, follow me at Ryan McKinnell on Twitter. Boom. That is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for checking it out. We'll see you back next month right here. Another episode of Fightful Wrestling Roundtable. Until then, there's so much pro wrestling goodness to go around. Just enjoy it. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.